Today's flatulence brought to you by Accidental Diarrhea. Accidental Diarrhea, for when you absolutely know that you didn't know that you had to go. Visit Accidental Diarrhea at their website, oopsicrapmypants.com. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, the horror movie podcast, where two schlubby guys talk about spoopy movies with your hosts, Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, an angry man who is always right. This podcast is for lovers of horror movies, old and new, that want to hear about what's in theaters, what's streaming, fresh takes on old classics, and terrible horror movies that are bad enough to be good. You can find our website at horrormovietalk.com to listen to past episodes. You'll also find convenient links to subscribe to our podcast feed and our social media. We love feedback, so please leave us a review on iTunes and message us on Facebook and Twitter. Today we'll be talking about The Meg. We'll start at giving an overview of our review and our score for the movie. Uh, I'm David Day. Day. <laughs> I realized I didn't have a part for that. I'm Bryce Hansen. Hey guys, how's it going? And that's David Day. So we score from 1 to 10. And David can jump in and help me describe this. But 1 being just a miserable dredge. Where it makes you angry and yeah. how bad it is. Five being five is the is the middle ground. Is that is the it's a passable movie. It doesn't make you too angry. It doesn't make you super happy. It's just it's just a movie. Yeah, hits all the marks. Yeah, and ten being so good that it's not only one of the greatest horror movies, but transcends the genre and is just a great movie. Period. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later we'll be doing a couple bits that we think are funny and probably no one else does. We do taglines. They're funny. Yeah. I guarantee goddamn to you they're funny. <laughs> they're, they're, I'm come to your house and make sure you laugh. Uh, and uh, Bryce called it. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Let's get into the show. So we went and saw The Meg. And it's exactly what you expect from a movie about a giant shark. Giant shark. Yeah, that big old guy. Here's the trailer. The Meg can be found in theaters now and raking in dough in China. The Meg is a run-of-the-mill but well-executed monster movie starring Jason Statham and China. <laughs> the country, not the wrestler. Wrestler soul. <laughs> Jason Statham plays Jonas Taylor, an expert rescue diver who is retired after a tragically failed rescue. We don't know. Which Jonas blames... On a giant fish or something. There's a monster outside. It's a shark. That was what the monster was. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct for over two million years. Wrong. Oh my God. It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? Oh, my God. 
so, um... That thing's out there. Shoot. You need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? He looks heroic, but he's kind of got a negative attitude. You on this, you ugly. I forgot about so, I forgot about Rain Wilson in this. Movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk oh, about Rain Wilson man. later. So yeah, I was trying to do a slick live read over the trailer because there's a lot of boringness in the meeting. Yeah, that that trailer was a lot more boring. Yeah, than most. So, um, so anyways, he's brought out of retirement after being after another diving accident befalls his ex-wife, who is researching the deepest hidden depths of the ocean. Before her video cuts out, she says Jonas was right. The big fish ends up being a megalodon, a giant shark, and they inadvertently lead the prehistoric shark to the surface waters. From then on, it's a paint-by-numbers monster movie that hits pretty much every beat you would expect it to. The Meg also stars a cast of disposable characters played by Bing Bing Lee. (laughs) Her actual name, I didn't make that up. She's a Chinese actress you might have seen in Transformers Age of Extinction. I don't know why you would see that movie. Um, Ruby Rose channeling Aeon Flux and Rain Wilson phoning it in and others. The Meg is Bing in- Bing Lee. <laughs> Bing Bing Lee. I love that name. <laughs> I want to name my child Bing Bing. Yeah, it would be. It would definitely be frowned upon. Isn't that the the character in in uh, what's that Pixar movie? The Meg? No, no, no. That's the the one about emotions with Amy Poehler. What was that movie? What? I can't remember. Oh, No, that yeah. was Bing Bong. Remember Bing Bong? No, I never saw that No, movie. I never saw it. Okay. Do you think it, it would really be appropriate sad. for... it? Like, could I name my child Bing Bing? Um, I think you can do anything at this point. I could name my child Bing Bing? No, it's... Yeah, maybe not. That... Maybe, that's a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a middle name. This is Tyler Bing Bing Day. Yeah. So the Meg is an enjoyable movie if you don't get into lofty expectations about a movie about a giant shark that eats a bunch of people. Um, it is the epitome of a general audience popcorn fair and an amusing spectacle. Man, it sure is. It, it is that in spades. Yeah. It's so generically blockbustery. It's almost takes that to like uh, it almost starts being a caricature of that yeah like put butts in seats get them eating freaking popcorn and ha- let them make them have a good time damn it yeah not only that but it's taking it even further and like sieved it through the sieve of international audiences oh yeah so oh yeah generic. yeah it, it became yeah what was what was the shark movie with samuel jack was it deep blue sea uh-huh. yeah now that was a like that was a good that one had bite that one had bite 
That n- now, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't a good movie. It was a good cable cable TV movie right. that came on and every very regularly, and that I could sit down every time and be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm watching this now." I guess there's two more hours going by. Anyway. Right. So the score. Uh, what do you give the Meg? You know what the Meg. Uh, I was pretty excited for this movie for a number of reasons, and it ended up not. <laughs> it ended up not being uh, anything. Uh, it ended up being a lot of the things that I thought it was going to be, but not for the same reasons. Like it was surprising how watered down it was, and how how intentional it how how the Chinese market factored into this yeah, whole thing and we're going to talk it, about that a lot more yeah the, and for that reason it became wildly fun and hard to predict <laughs> in its gen- in its incredible genericness yeah um so our scoring again so one being just so awful it makes you oh, angry yes. i'm sorry five mean just average middle of the road and 10 being just amazing one of the best movies that you've seen i'd give it a six because it because it it made me laugh a lot. Yeah, I give it a just right down the center a five because it's. I mean, it's yeah. so paint by numbers. No, oh, yeah, that it's there's nothing. As much as I want to say there's something slightly better than average, I can't I can't identify one thing. I was thinking maybe kind of the witty banner is a little better than normal, but it wasn't. The witty banter was made better. <laughs> it was so average by the fact that it was. That it was watered down. Anyway, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I didn't think there was anything notable that made it better than average. So, now we can get into spoilers. Spoilers brought to you by Unemployment. Unemployment. Providing you time to start podcasts and play video games. Need more time with the kids? Try Unemployment. Get fired today. I love these guys. Okay, now we're going to get more into spoilers and kind of do a rundown of what we think in the beats in the movie that jumped out at us. First one being, why is everyone an asshole to Jason Statham? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't super clear on that. It was, you know, he needed to be he needed to be the the vigilante, right? Yeah. And they just found a I don't know how how did they Oh, oh, so the movie started out. The movie started out with Jason Statham like rescuing a large like a nuclear submarine yeah. worth of people. And he rescues like 99% of the people. Yeah, in he, it. He like grabs all these people and it's being attacked by what we can only assume is the mech. And uh and then so in his attempt to rescue everyone, he realizes he's running out of time. Uh. Excuse me, and uh, he realizes he's running. He's running out of time, and so he goes. He he makes the critical decision. I'm not going to save the last few people. I can hear him screaming from within. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow the hatch, and we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna save the people that I got, and that is <laughs> that very sane decision that can be backed up by a bunch of witnesses who are very. I would assume very happy that they're alive. And a very large explosion. Yeah, followed by a very large explosion. A bunch of people who can vouch for him and and somehow he's the bad guy. Yeah. Because the because he's like, why didn't you save those last three people? What was his name was Jonah? 
Jonas. Jonas. Joe, God damn it, Jonas. You know it's just an excuse. It's like it was a very like <laughs> cop, yeah. like uh, the, like the the beat cops boss coming down on him. The damn it, Jonas, kind of thing. Yeah, and it was yeah so tacked on. Yeah, it's like wait, you realize that he did save all those people, and there was extenuating circumstances, and like three of his friends died because of it so it's not like he, he didn't feel bad about right it. but they painted it as though this is you intentionally made sure that right. those people died and that and exact you, same thing happens later in the movie right uh, yes uh, and but at that point he's vindicated right because they're because like before there are witnesses who were like no shit was popping off down there mm-hmm. and he did the right thing and i'm alive because of it right so it didn't work the first time with a bunch of a a bunch of people, but it worked the second time with like four for him. So he he he. Well, yeah, no, even so, they do the rescue in the middle of the movie when they discover the the Meg, and there's one guy that, among others, <laughs> the, there's the one guy that stays behind. Yeah, and uh, somehow Jason Statham is blamed for that death again, and it's just out of the blue, you're like, whoa. What? What? How how would you even say that other than to create drama in a movie? Right. Yeah, it was just yeah, just tacked on and didn't make much sense. One thing that bothered me a lot was okay, there were a lot of explosions underwater, which is fine. It's an it's a movie set underwater for the most part, but they were fiery explosions. Yeah. They were like very fiery. It was like a little too much fire in that underwater explosion yeah i mean i yeah i mean yeah. i've seen underwater explosions other movies be all kind of like you know an implosion that's not really much any it's kind of like a bloop. yeah yeah Ooh. things so the next thing um that's kind of related to jason statham being viewed as an asshole irrationally is why does everyone want to die in this movie everybody wanted to die in this movie. every every person that dies in this movie does so valiantly and the, I to cannot. protect others or something, or some of them are just like, yeah, you could just swim faster like everyone else and save yourself, but no, he's got to stay behind and sacrifice himself for question mark. This was so confounding to me <laughs> after like the fourth time it happened that, and now that I'm starting to think about it, I, it may have something to do with the the, the China translation. There may be some sort of cultural thing where it's like for the good of of everyone else, yeah. one will will sacrifice them. So I don't know. I, I I hope I'm I I hope I'm not way out of base by saying that. But there is no other explanation for this happening four, five, well, six times in this movie. I I don't know why. I think what I thought it might be is just for the rating to get PG thirteen instead of R. It, you can't have a bunch of pointless killings or eatings from it has the shark. To be honor eatings. It has to be honor <laughs> eatings. Okay. Yeah. So, no. I mean, it. I mean, it all was just made it not tragic. People dying. It's like, oh yeah, he's saving the others. I guess so. That makes me feel good that he died, as opposed to like, oh no, sharks eating a bunch of people. I can only think of one. No, yeah, I can't even think of one death in the movie that was shown like a 
a pointless death in terms of like storytelling. Every everyone was either comeuppance or um, someone trying to save others or just accepting their fate or something like that. It thinking was... thinking about the rating on this, like I mean, you know, famously Jaws is PG. Yeah, you know the movie that sets the high water mark. <laughs> well, Jaws was before PG thirteen though. Oh. Yeah, t- touche. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even. Uh, so PGs didn't even were a little, a little rougher. I mean, this movie like barely even had any blood. In this, it. I don't think this movie had this the movie most had blood. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. it had it had like Jason like a drip running out of his mouth. Right. Like the, once or twice. The absolute most blood and gore in the movie came from chumming the waters. Oh yes, by far. That was it. Yeah. Even even Rain Wilson. Getting- <laughs> Getting fucking eaten with only his, like, hand left. It was like, you just oh, don't yeah. even see anything. It's yeah, like, no, there was, yes. The, and then there was, was a whale carcass that they blew up. Right. And that was... But, yeah, for the most part, I don't see how this... I mean, really, apart from... I, I don't know, maybe there was some language, but it does not even really deserve a PG-13. Yeah. This was, uh, this was like... This is a PG-13 based on principle. Like, based on angry mom principle. Right. I mean, I can't, I can't think of any actual terrifying death. Like, there's no, there's no um, comparable scene to Jaws when the salty sailor gets eaten and yeah. it's like halfway out of the shark. There's nothing even close to that. It's all just completely swallowed, or you know, yeah. Like, there's no one even chomped in half or anything. It's just like, all right, now they're gone. Right, there's no suffering. Of course, there's, uh, yeah. There's t- minor tension, like in Chase. There's plenty of Chase and tension. It's much more of an action movie, yeah, than than anything else. Yeah, and I mean, granted, I guess you wouldn't get many people chomped in half. Megalodon's mouth is big enough to just swallow everything. Which brings me to another plot point that i that i would like to discuss there was a lot of very specific megalodon specific tech in this movie like (laughs) they came prepared for megalodon but they didn't know it was down there until until shit started popping off i think that's like the third time this episode i said popping off but i'm going with it What what was the tech i don't remember what was the tech? Oh, so like the shark cage that they put Bing Bing in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so the shark cage wasn't a cage at all. It was like a like an ultra plexiglass tube that that could withstand a hundred thousand pounds per square inch of bite force, and was like just a little bit too big for a megalodon to swallow. Like very specifically crafted for something that doesn't exist. Except it does uh, once we find it. Right. And then there was, you know, super fast moving subs that can go all the way really, really fast. And they can twirl around and, and uh, you know, they they yeah. can outmaneuver a, a very fast moving, very large predator. And they only all this stuff only comes out after the Meg shows up very right. conveniently. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like the super sub. They right. Could just fly around like a jet fighter. It's like a jet ski level maneuverability yeah underneath the ocean and when the when the when the scientific research team so the scientific research team uh are going down to like explore beneath this um what was it it was like a um 
I can't remember how they yeah, described hydrogen it. Hydrogen sulfide lake <clears throat> that sat, um, that, that created a false bottom on the ocean floor. And then, so they sent this like research sub down below uh, th- to like to see if it was actually a false bottom or if it was actually the ocean floor, and of course it finds out that it's a false bottom, and they go under there, and there's this magnificent, is a very cool looking yeah. um, ocean floor, and it's a slow moving little bump, bumpy little James Cameron sub, mm-hmm. and uh, and then and there's three of them in there. Yeah, there's three of them in there, and then you know uh, once the mag. Uh, comes out and you know uh, gets to the surface and stuff now the big subs the fast subs that can also go that by the way go to the bottom to save the little research sub like they're capable of doing all the same stuff and better and faster right Right. every in terms of technology uh in this movie every single sub can go to the deepest part of the ocean yeah they're all rated for the exact same depth which is the depths of hell, apparently, because right. they're they're all easy way to go down, which is kind of a lame um, missed opportunity. Because part of going down to save people would be like, "Hey, this submarine isn't rated for this depth," and start like having bolts and stuff pop out and yeah, the scary abyss leaking. moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was one thing that's like. Uh, I don't think every sub, especially a sub that's basically just a glass ball, yeah, would the one that Bing do Bing as fine down. as like a giant sub that's on a scientific mission. And then it brings up the question: Why didn't they just send down a camera and a rock? You know, <laughs> tie a tie a rock to the yeah. end of a rope and see if it's a false bottom. Just do that. So yeah, part of the part of the plot is that Rain Wilson is this billionaire, um, probably kind of uh modeled after mark cuban would you say that that's accurate yeah Ra- are we talking about rain rain yeah. wilson yeah is it rain rain is that his na- rain? last name wilson rain yeah okay um so his character is this billionaire that's funding this research project to which they're sinking just a ton of money into this underwater like research johnny facility. quest level research facility and all these submarines and stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, couldn't they just do this with a boat and yeah, like a like a little ro- robot submarine? Yeah, and they make a nod to that in the movie. Yeah, they say they say uh, <laughs> he's like, are, were we gonna find any? You know, Rain says to to his research team, are we gonna find anything down there? And the guy says, looks to him and goes. Well, if we don't, you just wasted $1.8 billion. It's like, well, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Building a yeah uh, an underwater oil rig down here. Like, yeah. what's going on? And Rain's character even says, is he joking? <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's silence. So, yeah, that's just kind of like, yeah, well, why not just uh, do it on the cheap? I mean, you didn't become a billionaire by spending too much money. Yeah. Well, I, Rain was... Yeah, shockingly this, bad in this movie. Yeah, this was this is another point is that no character in this movie has any discernible personality until it's needed. Right. And Rain Wilson is the epitome of that. Just total It was jarring. Like blank page, just Rain Wilson. It's it looks like he just walked onto the set and they wrote some cue cards and he was just Hey guys, I'm Rain Wilson. I'm gonna read 
read this stuff. Remember the office? And then, and then eventually it shows some kind of personality very, very late in the movie where he goes, he kind of does like a speech where it's rousing the troops and, oh, yeah. and being He's... very somber about the people that they've lost. And you're like, oh, okay, so I guess now they want us to think that he cares about all this stuff. Okay. And then, like, 60 seconds later, he's on a helicopter and he's like, let's go hunt that shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wait a minute, so he doesn't care. So they set up that he cares about the people just to contrast it with, okay, now that he now he's your stereotypical evil, greedy billionaire. Right, to go back on his word. And then he immediately dies. That's like his character. His character right. arc is flatline to yeah caring yeah this was rain was a weird like jarring thing for me in this movie because uh i just got done uh re-watching the office um and so and i mean like i i don't know say what you will about rain wilson i don't i don't know how he's generally um thought of uh, as an actor, I think of him pretty highly because of Dwight is so is so well done and such a such a kind of simple but very complex character that is just executed very well. And so I just come off of, you know, whatever, nine seasons of The Office. And then I get to this and it was like, what the fuck? Like, this is summer blockbuster and this is the best you can muster? Like. Good lord. But that being said, I mean, the only decent acting job in this really was, was Jason Statham, I think. Yeah. And that little girl. Yeah. The little, young little girl. Yeah. That I can't remember her name. Not Bing Bing. No. Bing Bing's daughter? Question Yeah, mark? Bing Bing's daughter in the mm. movie. Yeah. Bing Bing is the name of the actual actress. It's not the name of the character in the movie, well, by the way. It's the, I mean... It's the better of whatever name they gave her. Right. So, yeah, and that's true with, with all the other characters. They don't really have... I mean, what what is the defining characteristic of Jonas Taylor? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He's, he's brooding. Oh, abs. That's the defining. Abs. Right. Sexy. Oh, yeah. Sexy abs. Yeah. They did not cash in on that enough, by the way. I could have used a lot more of those washboards, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah, so there was, I mean, I, I can't, everyone was disposable. Everyone was the same. They didn't even, like, really. The token black guy was the most <laughs> token black guy you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, the, I think he was the most token. I mean, there's a lot of characters that could have been the token. Like, um. He was sacrificed on the, on, on the, <laughs> On uh, on the what it, whatever you sacrifice on the on the altar of tokens like this dude was sacrificed on that altar. Okay, let's get into talking about China because that's China. the one thing that I came away with with this movie is this was so obviously targeted towards China and the international audience that it was yeah it just was. a sign of things to come. Yeah, it was very telling. Yeah. So here's here's a couple of the things. There's many main characters that were Chinese. So Bing Bing Lee <laughs> plays what's her name, and she's the she's the other she's the major female lead. 
and she has a father that's also a main character, the main scientist, and her daughter in it. And there's, you know, Chinese spoken throughout to those among those characters. And and the story takes place like near China, the deep ocean part is near China, and then the ending, the major set piece action sequences were all in a heavily, heavily crowded Chinese beach. Vacation spot. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, it was kind of it, it was kind of interesting, but also just weird that it was so distracting to me. I guess I, <laughs> I mean obviously since we're laughing at a name called Bing Bing Lee, we're not the most racially sensitive people in the world whoa 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 it can be a funny name without it being a racially driven thought yeah but i mean i know that david's racist so that i am absolutely not racist (laughs) i i appreciate funny words (laughs) so uh, it was just kind of interesting seeing the 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 beach sequence was very i don't know how to describe it it was was very like this is us i'll give you what you're looking for here there are certain foods, let's say, uh, like uh, venison or deer, that is well known to coat your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. When you eat it, the fat from it just coats your mouth. And some people dislike it very much because it's just overpowering in this singular way. This movie was venison. There was some weird feeling about every, every it, part of this movie. It coated your mouth in China. Yeah, it felt intentional in a way that you didn't know why. Yeah. Like, there, there, there is a thing happening here, and it's substantial, and there's for a reason, but it's not for you necessarily. Right. There's a part of it that's for you, and that's kind of the duality of it, but, but there's another part of it that not you. You know, you know what part that that stands out to me that just called the attention like, oh yeah, I'm really not used to seeing this was had like the Chinese teenage hunks like whistling for the yeah. for the Chinese girls. I'm like, wait a minute. You can't sexualize Asians. You can't sexualize Asian men. This is America. Yeah. They're supposed to be Mickey Rooney. Right. You know, and yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, why isn't that normal to see that? Well, it's because we're not Chinese. Right. But yeah, this, I mean, that was. Down to it wasn't, the. It wasn't, ter- it wasn't bad, but it was distracting for me to see some, the, some of that. Because it's like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, it's, this is obviously not f- for me. And that's fine because I got enough targeted at me. I'm kind of tired of having my childhood nostalgia shoved down my throat every trailer that i see yeah ready player one um yeah and i think you hit the nail on the head it wasn't uh it, i don't think it was it wasn't bad at no point was it was it upsetting to me in fact at the, quite the opposite it was pretty entertaining to me like I, right like i found it to be kind of interesting and fun and way different. And I found myself wondering at the end of it, I was like, well, is this, is this, are we, how much more of this are we going to see? And will they get better at it? Or will it, is this the formula that they've kind of like 
you know that they've that they've decided to 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 stick with because if there's a lot more of these kind of blockbustery uh china focused movies um whoa bryce just brought <laughs> bryce just brought up the box office top 10 um okay yeah this tells, this tells you something wow so man it's, the meg has been out a couple weeks we gotta we get, we're gonna put a link to this um this box office uh record or this box office uh earnings uh yeah and the meg has been pretty pretty high up in the charts in in the u.s like it finished number two this last weekend and in the U.S. domestic box office, it made $88 million, $88.8 million, so almost $89 million. Contrast that with what they made in China, which was, can you see it? $127 million? $127.7 million. So one and a half times what it made in the U.S. Wow. Just in China. That's just China. And then it made... Um, 232 million internationally just all together but half of that was china that's incredible yeah that's, that's so expect so, to so expect to see these generic popcorn movies to be targeting a specific international audience from now on and it's kind of interesting we've, i've already seen it in a lot of things and it's kind of interesting what doesn't work like star wars has not worked in china and it's kind of that's so weird surprising yeah Transformers did great. Well, I don't know if it's weird. That's the weird thing about it. Is like, is that weird? <laughs> I have no, I have no frame of reference on this. I, for one, would like to uh, welcome our new Chinese overlords. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, that's an. Oh, the U.S. isn't on that uh, bar chart. Is, are no. they? That's the international earnings. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, damn, Mexico's edging out the U.S. Yeah, the second, the second largest international audience was Mexico, and it was thirteen million, thirteen point three million. So it's not even close. Just yeah. not even on the same wavelength. Um, okay, next. Obvious statements and quotes. This is another example of how it's targeting international audiences because everything is spelled out in the dialogue very plainly. There's nothing left to chance about cultural interpretation or did you catch that or are you used to watching movies? Right. It's very much, I'm telling you right now. So here's here's <laughs> two of my favorite quotes. You got to set them up. You got to set yeah. them up pretty decently. Um, so the first one, you want to take the first one? Which which is the first one? I have. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll take one of them. Can I do the uh, the Finn one? Yes. Okay. So there's a, a point when they come upon a um, a wrecked boat. Right? They're they're like cruising on the surface, and they come upon like a a wrecked fishing boat, and they're looking at the wreckage. <laughs> they're looking at the wreckage. And um, and there's all these <laughs> dead sharks in the water, and the sharks have their fins cut off. And the token black guy says, those sharks have no fins. <laughs> as if to, as it, I mean, there's a good three second long shot of showing, you know, dead sharks with no fins. And then he just says it, and it was like, that was the statement. There's nothing else. Right, and then somebody else goes, 
you know, goes on a little bit of a diatribe about, oh, yes, well, the, you know, the Chinese, they don't, they like their shark fin soup and it's so sad. You know, it was like, yeah. a, it was like a tisk tisk, like a shame on you for yeah, liking it was, it was pretty weak. It came from, it came from the Chinese father mm-hmm. who was the character that, that did that. And it wasn't a very strong morality play. It was just, it was there, but yeah. it was not, it had no exclamation mark behind yeah. it. And that's. I mean, hey, you know, I, I don't like killing sharks, but I also don't like telling people what to do <laughs> or what to like. So, uh, so whatever. I'm just saying that that piece of dialogue was weird and made me and everyone. I think everyone in the theater was like, "Pa, what? What was that?" Right. What was the other one? <laughs> this is this is probably my favorite line in the entire movie. It's probably the only line that I actually remember. Um, so this kind of, I don't know if there's much of a setup, but it comes after they uh, they were attacked and they're kind of stranded. They're kind of trying to find out what to do next. Yeah. And <laughs> character says about the megalodon, it has already proven itself aggressive towards boats. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a line in a movie. It's already proven itself aggressive towards boats. Yeah, well, right. there you go. Yeah. Leave nothing. <laughs> Just in case you want the international audiences to understand, we're at risk even if we're on a boat. It's already attacked boats in the past. Do you understand? Yeah. All right, there's there's not really much moral to the story in this movie. They they play it pretty milk toast. Yeah, I think the the closest they get is they say something to the effect of, um, like first we discover and then we destroy. Yeah, but it's it's tacked on. It's not like a really big part. It's not none of the story has come up, and it's because of that. Right. It's no, we found a big shark and it's eating people. I wonder if they're going to make shark fin soup out of the megalodon's <gasps> fins. Oh my gosh, that could feed China for. I don't know, like a day? Maybe. There's a lot of Chinese people. Yeah, it's a huge section of the earth. Yeah. Um, I think we covered... So there's no ocean-related dread. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit. There's some claustrophobic pieces, if that's your thing. Um, there's not, I mean, definitely no emphasis placed on it. Not as much emphasis as was placed on those sharks have no fins. (laughs) I mean, it's, there's no real room given to the dread in the movie. Everything happens very quick and the shark just comes and bites people. There's not really, is it here? Isn't it? What's under there? It's a giant shark and you see it every time. Yeah. And you're just waiting it waiting for it to attack. There's not like where is it? Like in Jaws, there there's a lot of setup dun, dun. of Yeah, the music dun, dun. Oh, looking dude. at like the the barrels like blooping under the underneath the water and you're like we know it's there or we're hoping for it to be here, but where to go? Well, there's this huge swath of ocean and uncertainty and that's what it's playing on and it doesn't really do that in this movie. Yeah, I I think about Jaws and just just how much was done t- t- for the dread 
just with the the the, the musical score, just just I mean you I mean it doesn't I doesn't right. get any more epic than than the Jaws theme, right? Yeah, I think I saw it when I was poking around the numbers website for the box office. There was a link that says the most bankable names in Hollywood, and John Williams is like number 19 or something just wow any movie that he's involved with makes just ungodly amounts of money what else has he uh has he put his hands on do you know john williams yeah he's the most famous movie composer alive it so it wasn't my question star wars superman uh jaws indiana jones wow. schindler's list catch me if you can anything by steven spielberg basically he is Scored it. Steven Spielberg or George Lucas. Fifel goes west. Except for Red Red Fin or Red Hawk or whatever that George Lucas atrocity was. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Um Fievel goes west. No, he didn't he didn't do that. Shocking. That was uh I don't know, I could yell at my wife, she's on the other side of the door. Aaron what? Who did Fievel Goes West? Or American Tale. Oh. She doesn't know. Well, that was unsatisfying. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I want to pose a question about ocean-related dread. What's the what's your favorite movie that uses the ocean or some kind of abyss to inspire dread? Leave us a comment on the blog post or on our Facebook. What's yours? Um... I mean, I don't think you can really beat Jaws. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying my hardest. I mean, Event Horizon's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot about abyss. Yeah. Now, Sunshine you could also I be li- classified like as sunshine. that. I like Sunshine a lot, but it's not the same kind of feels. Uh, I think, you know, I I think back to the abyss actually, <laughs> and and the amount of upset that that caused me. You know, just being, just constantly being under the water and always being in tight space. That was upsetting. Yeah. I mean, obviously not a scary movie. Uh, but, yeah, that and Joss, obviously. Yeah. Um, another thing about this movie is that there's a lot of people that don't know how to swim. Yeah. Yeah, most people didn't know how to swim. Yeah, why would you... No, that's not true. A decent amount of people... That was No, that no, was no, that's thing. right. That's right, because... Rain Wilson said he didn't know how to swim, but he actually did. Yeah. But the black guy, black guy said he didn't know how to swim and didn't know how to swim. Right. Which is also super racist. Which What? James Horner. James Horner. Did Fievel Goes, Goes West and The American Tale. Huh. Okay. This just in. This just in. James Horner has yeah. been named as the composer of... American Tale. That was another thing that shocked me about this movie. That going back to the swimming thing, it was we're, we're watching a movie about you know a shark being underwater and like eating people, and people were just intentionally jumping into the water and swimming all over the place, <laughs> like just all over the place. It, I was and and with no worry, they're just like, I gotta go over here now. And so when there was no attention being paid to that, you know, to like like spice it up a little bit mm-hmm. to like make it like oh golly you gotta get out and get your feet out of the water you know not there was no effort to make that spooky or scary there was no effort to make it anything really just it right. was just a 
just an afterthought. Yeah. Um, so who do you think this movie would be good for? China. China. Uh, I got it. I wrote down that it'd be good. It'd be great for middle-aged dads that like shark week and drinking beer. I saw this. I saw the trailer for this during shark week. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah. While, while I was, I uh, was buzzed. Yeah. And, uh, and ironically I was on an Island. Yeah, if you if you like monster movies, this will be a good notch in your belt. It's not anything spectacular, but if you went to every King Kong movie because they had a big monster in it, go, yeah. go see the Meg. Yeah, if you like Godzilla, <clears throat> yeah, it is a Godzilla level movie. That is exactly what it is. It is Godzilla. All right. So moving on. Oh yeah, so um, so we're moving on to our taglines bit. But first, taglines is being brought to you by one of our sponsors, Manxi Pads. No, no, no. it's it's Manxi Pads. Manxi Pads. No, Manxi Pads. Mang. It's like Maxi Pads except with man in front of it. Manxi Pad. Mang. Man. Uh, well, uh, we'll fix it in post. Go ahead. Okay. Manxki <laughs> pads keep your taint fresh and dry for the ladies with Manxki pads. I started using Manxki pads and I'm never going back. Man, man, see pads. Manxki pads. Man, see. Man. No, just go ahead. <laughs> Get a taint as dry as a baby's forehead with Manxki pads. Perfect. It lifts and separates your taint. Time for taglines. I've got a bunch of crazy taglines. We got a bunch of crazy taglines. Never again. I meant to write more words for that, but I think I think it I think it worked out well. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you are hearing me talk. Okay. Okay. okay, so taglines is where we come up with uh, what we think are better taglines for the movie. That being More said, descriptive, maybe? Yeah, that being said, though, something I didn't realize, and this is on me, and you can make fun as much fun of me as you want, uh, but I didn't know that movies came out with like 20 taglines <laughs> to begin with, so I'm... I'm searching for inspiration on on taglines to write, and I'm I'm going through, and I I see on IMDb that there's a tagline section. There's like twenty pretty good taglines out there that they wrote, you know. And I I asked Bryce, "What's that about?" And he says, "Well, yeah. First of all, and you, there's a lot of movies that I didn't realize had taglines. Right. I guess every movie does, but the reason why there's many is that they use different ones on different posters. I think. Yeah." I guess I guess the ones that that end up winning, like Halloween, uh, I can't I can't exactly remember it. It's like it's a pretty as far as horror movies go, it's a pretty standard tagline. But uh, it won because the the poster the, it was the most memorable poster that it was printed on. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so do you want to go first? No, you go I? first. I think you got <clears throat> how many you got? Um, I only got a couple. Let's see here. I got one, two, three. Four, five. 
All right, you go. But first. some of them are bad. All right. right. No, don't. I mean, don't undersell it. I'm sure. They're okay. Great. All right. All right. <clears throat> Shark fin soup that takes a bite out of you. Eh. The Meg. Shut up, Meg. Oh, I had a. I. I have a. I. Do you have a Family Guy's one? I th- family Guy. I. You know what? I watched ten minutes of of purely Meg bashing. <laughs> Meg Griffin bashing to try and get a, an inspiration for it. What was it? Shut up, Meg. They just say shut up, Meg all the time. Yeah, they do say, say shut up, Meg. That's right. damn. I, I hate that you got one out of it. <laughs> I don't think that I. I don't think right. that I got one out of it. Moving on. Okay. This living fossil has a bone to pick with you. Oh, that, one, that one will work. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, it should do it like more. This living fossil has a bone to pick with you. Yeah. See, all mine, I tried to make it funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm tr- I'm trying here. Yeah, my next one, my next one. <laughs> <make it better. laughs> my next one, the Meg, totally jossum. <laughs> what was street that? Sharks? Yeah, street, street sharks. sharks. He, uh, okay, here we go. They need to make a movie about street sharks. No, they do not. I mean, they've rebooted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like twice. Street Sharks never even got a movie. Damn. I mean, Transformers has like a million movies. Yeah. Si Sao Jian Zai Nali Meg. I think that means where's the bathroom, Meg? Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm impressed. Okay. All right. This is my last one. It's probably the best. Ooh. I, I mean, I don't want to oversell it. The Meg. Like Jaws, but biggerer. Biggerer? Biggerer. That's pretty good. Yeah. Biggerer. Okay, here's my last one. I'm not going to go with with this other one. It's, <laughs> well, okay, I'll do them both. <laughs> you, <laughs> I psyched you out. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This one, uh, too big to be a pool shark. Yeah, that's good. No, it's not. Uh, And then my closer is shark light, shark bite. First shark I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might escape this shark. This shark I see with fright. Makes you think. It rhymes too. Yeah, yeah, it works. I like that. All right. Um, Bryce called it. Our bit that I don't have any music for. We can fix it in post. We can fix it. Bryce! Jesus. <laughs> Can't fix that in post. I'm getting punchy. Jeez. That's going <laughs> to right. screw up our levels. Oh. Okay, okay go ahead. Oh, darn. That's fine. No, that was all I got. Oh, Bryce oh, oh I'm okay, supposed to. I'm supposed to intro you. Um, so Bryce called it is a a bit that we uh, were trying to uh, to make work. It just kind of is turned Bryce into uh, an annoying movie watcher <laughs> because he's constantly trying to call uh, things <laughs> that will happen in the movie. Now he has some wins under his belt so far. One that um, uh, hasn't been released yet, and another that was in. Slenderman. I think you had maybe one or two calls that you made in Slenderman um, that were pretty accurate. Yeah, um, the most accurate one hasn't been aired. Right. Yet. We we've got the episode for 
the evil within yeah just lying in wait that has the the best one but yeah. anyway i had i had like two minor called it things in the in the meg yeah so what were they there was one that was okay actually there's only one that i wrote down but the the one that i called was jason statham riding the shark yeah i was like this movie's not going to end before jason statham is riding this shark and i didn't in my mind, I didn't call it 100% because what I envisioned was Jason Statham riding on the back of the shark holding the fin in a big wave of water. And that's not what happened. But he did like have a harpoon in the shark and the shark breaches out of the water while Jason Statham is riding it. So He was definitely being propelled. He was being moved <clears throat> with and by the shark. Right. He He was riding the shark, but just not in the way that I... Had envisioned in my head. Yeah. Yeah. My way would have been better. More more ridiculous, which I think was needed more in this movie. Wonder how it would play with the with the Chinese audience. Yeah, I don't know. No, Chinese don't like riding sharks. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's a big part of their culture. That that's offensive. Oh. Well yeah. well shit. We can't yeah, do that. Okay. And then there's another minor one that I can't remember. Something about the music? I think it was I think it was about Rain Wilson's character. He's going to get eaten. That'd be yeah, too easy. Something. I wouldn't even allow that on Bryce's Bryce yeah. called it. Yeah. Gosh, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down. Anyways, yeah, the the big one, the big prediction was yeah, Jason Statham riding the shark. So I called it. You want to talk about me getting raped by local government? Yeah, let's talk oh about it. Oh my gosh, we, we didn't talk about this before we set up. So, <clears throat> so I got a parking ticket mm-hmm. months ago, and it was complete bullshit because I had the parking ticket displayed in the curbside window, which is... You had your, your parking valid... The you, validation, the little, the little tag that said you paid for parking, and it mm-hmm. was displayed in the curbside window just like current anywhere in portland it's current i paid for the time and i showed up and i got a ticket said that i hadn't paid and it was still within the time that was valid on the ticket um my mistake was that i've parked in vancouver washington and their instructions are to not put the little tab in your uh side window they want it on the dashboard. And therefore, I got a parking ticket. That's like a, I didn't even pay for it. That's <laughs> some serious bullshit. And so, with time still on the stub, I went to the city hall building and said, Okay, this is just a big mistake, guys. Obviously, I paid for this. And, you know, you're just going to avoid it, right? And they take a copy and they say, just write down the circumstances and we'll get back to you. It'll be like four to six weeks before we can reply. It's like, oh my gosh. Why? It seems so simple. The long, flabby arm of the law. And then I waited and then it said, nope, your your contested ticket failed. You'll have to come to court to, to contest it. Just like, oh my gosh, why... Why do you do this? So, so did you go to court today? I went to court today, and my, <laughs> I didn't tell you this. So I go in, and uh, stereotypical 
security guard takes a look at my, you know, inch and a half pocket knife on my keychain and says, no, you can't take this in to the courthouse. You can either leave it here and we'll dispose of it, or you can take it back to your car and, and get back in line and come back through. What? Yeah. And I said, like, my reply to that was, so can I just, like, leave it here? Can I just leave it in a tray right here and I can come back and get it on my way out? And he interrupts me. He's like, I just told you, sir, that, you know, this is what's going to happen. So I was like, all right. I mean, I had like five minutes to get to the to the scheduled time, which is meaningless, apparently, in in this circumstance. But I I just go out the door and there's like a broken ATM right outside the door. So I just chuck it behind it. There you go. I'll, I'll get it, which has worked in the past. I did that at Portland Airport when I realized I had like an actual full size pocket knife. I was like, ah, crap. I had to go to San Francisco for a day trip. By the way, when your solution creates more dangerous situations <laughs> than if you had just left the inch and a half knife on the guy. Right. Now, now he just put his knife somewhere, just somewhere for anybody, you know, a little kid to come pick up right. or something like that to get around your bullshit. So, so I put it back there and then I just turned around and walked back in the door and went in. And so that's that's first set me off and then i get up to the room and then judge is late and then it's very late because they have technical difficulties and the the time that they give you is meaningless they say your court date is at 9 p.m on this date but really your your time to sit with other people is around this time maybe he had a problem parking no 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 the judge was there uh it was a it was a woman and maybe she had a problem yeah, and no, it was technical div. I mean, she was there just a minute or two late, but then it took 15 minutes for them to get the computer to work. And go up to the judge and explain it and it's just like, "Nope, sorry, the 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 uh the statute says, you know, it has to be displayed properly." And I'm like, "Okay." And the lady right before me had the almost exact same situation. And so I got it reduced. So instead of twenty five dollars, it was twelve fifty, which is like all right. But this is—it's already not worth the two hours of my time that has taken to make this trip and sit in this court and wait for people. And then I'm like, all right, and I go pay it, and I had my way out, and then the the pocket knife's gone. And I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that that security guard like walked out and picked it up and threw it away because there's no way anyway. There's no way anyone else would see it back there i was uh, like oh my gosh so it would have get them to admit that they were just chicken shit that's uh, now i you you told me this story before and i would just want i just want to hear them say i just want to be like look i'll pay the full price but you gotta admit that on the record in front of everyone here just just say that you're fucking the taxpayer. Just say it. That's all this is. That's all this is. I paid for the ticket, and you still gave me one. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just... I was broken. And, well, you know what? The other thing that I was worried about is that since it was late, my I was worried that I didn't put enough time on my parking meter to, to go to the court date. So I was like, I got to get out of here because I'm not getting another ticket for this 
for trying to contest this ticket. I'll see you guys in four to six weeks, goddammit. Which actually, I I had plenty of time, but yeah. So, ended up being, I should have just paid the $25 because I was out like $26 because I need to replace that. And two hours. Little pocket knife. Which is super useful. Get a get like a little tiny pocket knife for your keychain. Yeah. You can never, I can't tell how many times I've used those little scissors. Lots of times. Yeah. Yeah. I always end up using my keys as knives. Yeah. Opening packages and stuff. Um, all right. You have anything else? We've obviously gotten through the stuff that we wanted to talk about, but if yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you have a buddy or group of friends that you like seeing horror movies with, please share the podcast. Um, we're a very small group so far, but we want to grow into something bigger, and your help is needed. If you didn't like the podcast or have no friends, keep it to yourself, asshole. We're trying as hard as we can. Damn it. Just kidding. We love feedback. Leave us a comment on our blog, Facebook page, or Twitter. Honestly, uh, if you have constructive feedback, expect to hear it improved on the next show. Um, well, at times because we're kind of going out of order for what we record we really do appreciate constructive criticism yeah and and we want to thank you personally on that note we want to thank tracy for letting us know that she liked our taglines for slender man it's good to know that someone likes our amateur humor yeah unfortunately the people that don't like it they're gonna hear a lot more of it because <laughs> we love that shit <laughs> but let us know if you don't like it right until next time we're Bryce and David, and this was Horror Movie Talk. <laughs> <laughs>